All my fellow content creators, are you looking for a way to diversify your income? We all know that trying to solely rely on brand deals that are in a sponsored capacity is no way to build a sustainable career as a content creator. Now, even if you don't have tens of thousands of followers, there's still one really great way that you can create content for some of your favorite brands out there that is called user-generated content. Brands always need really great content that they can use on their socials, they can use in ads, but they don't know necessarily have the resources that it will take to create all of this great content. Enter content creators. We can create that high quality content that brands need that also showcases plenty of different faces in their content. And because this content is being used by the brand and not necessarily posted on your socials, you don't necessarily need to have super high engagement or a really large follower count. However, UGC isn't necessarily the easy way out. How do you actually get started with these kind of deals? What are you supposed to be charging? And what do you need to do before you actually try to start landing these gigs? I'm Kristen Buscan. I've been a full-time creator for over four years and I've brought in over $400,000 in sponsored posts and content creation with collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're diving into everything that you need to know about becoming a UGC creator so that you can diversify your income and take advantage of your skills as a content creator. We're giving you the scoop on all things UGC. This by BizBFF is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 129 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here today. I told you last week that Pop-Tart went to her forever home. I've been getting text updates and everything, and everything is seemingly going super, super well. I also this morning checked in with Ziva and Gibbs, our two past fosters, and they sent me updated pictures, and guys, they're so cute, so big. I feel like a proud mom. I've just let all my little children children go off and I'm like, bye, grow up, be great. And they're doing amazing. We actually uh, decided to take a solid week off of fostering because we had five dogs, including three puppies in our house over, I guess the last week. Um, And Andrew was like, Kristen, I need to have a good night's sleep, relax for a week. And I was like, okay, fine. One week. So that's what he's getting. In other news, Meta expanded access to the creator marketplace tool. Um, As creators, we probably don't even really know too much about this tool, but this essentially allows businesses to search for creators that they can work with on Instagram campaigns. Um, This tool that they're kind of expanding the access to is just basically giving more businesses the ability to use this tool. And they're also testing features that will use Instagram data to help brands discover creators who will fit their campaigns best, more easily. I will tell you, uh, as a creator, I have had access to this kind of like partnerships tool where you can go on and see what partnerships are posted from brands. And I have never, ever gotten a partnership from there literally until I posted about it on Instagram complaining. And then I swear to you the next day, I got a message from a brand and I was like, this is weird. (laughs) Like the timing was very, very interesting. However, a brand reached out to me 
and essentially said, hey, we found you on this marketplace. We want to tell you about a partnership that we have going on uh, with the best email. So we actually took it to email. So seemingly they just use that to find the creators. And then everything that we've done has just been outside of Instagram through email thus far. But I was really shocked to see that a brand actually found me through this marketplace. And so I'm really excited with more access going out to different companies if we will be getting more of these messages from brands. So we'll have to see how that goes. Also, kind of surprising, but TikTok is encouraging people to post photo carousels instead of videos. What? Okay, so reading from the screenshot that Leah Haberman posted, it says, grow your views with photo posts. Capture your discoveries with photo posts and will help you reach even more people. Compared to videos, photo posts can get 2.9 times more comments, 1.9 times more likes, and 2.6 times more shares, which is super surprising to me considering that TikTok is a video app are like, why are they pushing this? Is it because they want us to spend less time on Instagram? That's kind of where my mind goes. Very, very interesting. They also seemingly have this area uh, that's called In the Spotlight, and it shows uh, like food and drink, travel, beauty and self-care. And you can scroll through almost kind of like a Discover page, but you scroll horizontally, and it just shows a ton of different photo posts, which is really, really interesting. So it says... For creating a photo post that stands out, one, have at least three sharp, high-quality photos that tell a story. Two, pair with an informative description of at least 200 characters. And three, break up your description into easy-to-read sections. Super interesting. I am really, really excited to try this and actually see, like, is this something that they're pushing out there? Um, I know last week or maybe the week before, we talked about them pushing out horizontal videos, which again, super, super different from what we're used to on TikTok. So I'm very excited to see what the heck TikTok has in store. However, I have to admit, I have literally spent almost no time scrolling on TikTok in the last couple of months. The only reason that I have spent a chunk of time on TikTok in the last couple of days is because I've been watching Who the Fuck Did I uh, Marry? I'm on part 20 out of like, it feels like 500. um, And I'm invested. So that, yes, I am going to continue to keep coming back and watching all of the parts, but just scrolling through my TikTok feed lately doesn't have me excited at all. I don't know what's going on. Threads has rolled out a feature to allow you to have drafts now. So you can actually go uh, try and X out a post and it will give you the save as a draft option. So if you're someone who likes to pre-plan your threads and just wants them to be in drafts ready to go, this is a really great option. Instagram is also working on a more advanced version of the limit unwanted interactions feature. So essentially it will let you choose from the following options to limit who can comment and message you. Uh, the option are everyone but your close friends, recent followers, accounts that you don't follow. So you can basically limit all of those different options so that they can or cannot comment and message you. You'll also be able to limit some interactions uh, like comments and messages from accounts you limit unless you approve them. And most interactions or or most interactions uh, like tags, mentions, content remixing will be turned off for people you limit as well as comments 
comments and messages. So lots of different options here for you to really decide who you want to be interacting with you, which I think (laughs) in this day and age is probably very helpful because we're getting maybe a lot of unwanted uh, messages from people or just annoying like spammy messages from people. So this could be definitely something that will help to restrict that. One of the things that I have been hearing so much about on the internet is user-generated content. This has been going on for the last couple of years, and I still feel like to this day, I have so many people asking me, how do I get into UGC? It seems so easy. What do I do? Tell me everything I need to know. So here we are with a beautiful episode dedicated solely to UGC so that you can learn everything that you need to know. So let's dive right into it. In this episode, we're going to go through everything that you need to know about user-generated content. But before we even dive into all of that, I want to explain to you what is UGC. Obviously, UGC stands for user-generated content. And I think one really important thing to note here is that UGC today is different from what UGC used to be a couple years ago. Obviously, with it blowing up on TikTok, it's kind of changed a little bit. User-generated content years ago was where I as a normal everyday person might take a photo with a nail polish and say, I love it so much or whatever it is. And I take this really great photo, a really great video, and I post it to my Instagram and tag the brand. That brand sees it and says, Ooh, this is such a nice video. Can we use it? Can we share it? So it was genuinely when users were generating organic content. However, user-generated content today is very different. It's an entire industry basically within the creator economy where creators are being paid to create that quote-unquote organic content. It looks very organic. A lot of the times, it's a really good way for brands to get new faces onto their onto their page or showing more testimonials on their page, but it's something that is just blowing up. Now, typically with UGC, you're creating content that you don't have to post. So this is content that's solely for the brand's usage. Um, And something to keep in mind when you are connecting with brands is why is this so beneficial for a brand? Well, the big reason for it is, first of all, you are essentially taking all of the work that an entire production team might have to do to create a video ad or photography or whatever it might be, and you are doing it very likely at a much less expensive price, um, and it's so much more low lift for the brand because you're doing it and they don't have to worry about it. But it's also a really great way for them to have more organic content or organic feeling content on their page so that when you as a purchaser or as a consumer come to their Instagram or their TikTok or whatever it might be, you see that there are a lot of people using this brand and sharing how much they love it versus just the brand saying, we're awesome, we're awesome, we're awesome every post. Because obviously we believe people that look like us or you know act like us or have the same interests as us much more than we 
believe a brand who obviously is going to say that they're the best. Obviously, when we think about UGC, we think about short form video, we think about maybe photography, but there are actually a lot of different options here like scripting, copywriting, um, maybe you're making content for reviews. There are so many different ways to create content for a brand in a UGC perspective. One thing I would really like to know with UGC because everyone feels like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. Like I don't even have to have a lot of followers, make thousands of dollars without even having to post this content. I would like you to remember that you're not just a videographer or a photographer. You're not just taking a quick video. You are scripting the copywriting for an advertisement. So a lot of the times we see like in movies when advertising agencies are coming up with concepts, like it's a bunch of people sitting around a conference table, throwing around ideas for scripts. You are the one who is solely responsible for that in many cases with user-generated content. So you're not just a videographer or a photographer. You are literally scripting advertisements. So you need to be someone who can market and someone who can be a really good advertiser to help people actually purchase based off of what you're saying. So keep that in mind. This leads us into who can become a user-generated content creator. Obviously, we hear in Instagram or TikTok videos talking about UGC, anyone can do it. It's so easy. Again, you don't even have to have a lot of followers. I personally don't think that's fully the truth. I do think that there is somewhat of a barrier to entry for becoming a UGC creator. However, it might just feel like a little bit less than what it would typically take to become a full-blown influencer doing sponsored posts. So it's different, but yes, there is definitely still a barrier to entry to becoming a UGC creator. Yes, you don't need to have hundreds of thousands of followers or even tens of thousands of followers, but it helps if you do. If we're being honest, many times a brand might come to your page and they might see that you have a lot of followers, you have a lot of uh, engagement on your posts, you're garnering interactions, you're garnering excitement. That is going to very likely make them more interested in working with you than someone who doesn't have an Instagram at all. Because what that says is this person can create content that people are having some sort of a reaction to. And obviously that's the point of user-generated content, right? We want to know as a brand that you can create a piece of content that people are going to take action from. And so you already being an influencer who has a loyal following, who has great engagement is going to essentially just add more trust to you getting that brand to hire you. So while people say you don't need to have any followers, you don't need to have any followers. Okay, that's maybe true. But I do think that it very much will give you a leg up if you are already on like the influencer sphere. Um, Outside of that, you do need to have videography skills, uh, as well as sales skills. As I was saying, you need to be a really great creator, you need to be able to tell a story within your content that's going to actually make sales. That's going to actually help market this product and have people actually take action. So it's not just as easy as I'm going to take a cute video because I have like this great sunlight and I can make it faceless and all of this. Like you do still need to be a salesperson or a marketer at the end of the day. You also need to make sure that you're an organized person and a self-starter because if you want to be a UGC creator, very often this stuff is not just going to come to you, especially if you don't already have a following elsewhere. So you need to be very organized to keep all of these partnerships 
partnerships uh, in line and figure out what needs to be done for each partnership by each date. But you also need to be a self-starter in the sense of you are okay hustling to get these jobs, especially when you first get started and you don't have a network of brands who have already hired you or want to hire you. You're going to have to literally start from scratch here. And honestly, it takes a lot of work. You also need to have time. You need to have time, obviously, to create the content. And even if you're someone who can create really quickly and really easily, you do still need to have the time to run a literal business. (laughs) Like you need to have the time to be able to be reaching out to brands, connecting with brands, however you're going to do that. But you also need to make sure that you have the time to do all your negotiations, read through contracts, organize all your jobs, edit everything, put it all into Dropbox folders or organize it, send it to the brand, take edits, re-edit things. Like this is a very long process in a lot of situations. So you have to have time, truly. Now, obviously, with all of that to say, maybe you're checking all those boxes and you're like, cool, I've got it. Sounds like this is something that I can do. How do you actually get started? Obviously, the first thing here is you need to have some sort of a portfolio to be able to show brands, this is what I can do. There are so many different ways that you can create a portfolio. Canva, I think, is the quickest and easiest. You can make a Canva website. You can also make a PDF that you send to brands, whatever you're comfortable with. There are also plenty of UGC creators, especially those who have established more of a business that have actual websites, just like you would be hiring an agency to create this content. You as a single person have an entire website that showcases all your services, all your portfolio work um, about you, all of that kind of stuff that we would need to know. So you need to have some sort of a hub or some place that we can go as a brand to be able to see your content. One thing I will note that I think is the most important thing with creating this portfolio or this hub is that you need to show your versatility. So a lot of creators, I think, will show in their portfolio their favorite work. And obviously, you want to show your best. You want to put your best out there for the brand to get that really great first impression. However, what if you are putting multiple videos of the exact same style? They're all try-on hauls, say. You go there as a brand. What if you don't want a try-on haul? You don't really have a good picture of the versatility that you can provide as a creator. So in my opinion, I think it's actually more important for you to show versatility. Maybe you have an unboxing, you have a green screen, you have a testimony you have a first impression, you have like, I don't know, all these different types of of videos, you have a tutorial, you need to be able to show a brand, whatever you want me to make, I can do it. Here are a bunch of examples of how versatile my skills are. So try when you're building your portfolio to show versatility, but of course, also show your best work. You don't need to build your portfolio based off of partnerships that you've already had either. I think that's a really great point. You can absolutely go around your house, go around your city, whatever it might be, and literally just film content that you think could be a really great representation of your skills. Use products you already have, you know, that at home that you already love and can speak to. And that's a really great way to show your skill, especially because there's no pressure, right? Like if I have uh, this nail polish and I use it all the time, I'm not getting paid by Sally Hansen to make this little portfolio video. I can go buy 
buck wild. I can go crazy. I can do whatever I want with this video. I have no parameters, but I can get super creative and and use that in more my portfolio. So really take time on your portfolio. This isn't something that I think you should rush just to have something up and, and be prepared to get going. I think this needs to be really great, as great as you can make it, because this is literally the representation of why someone should hire you. Obviously, we want that to be great. So once you have a really great portfolio, where can you actually get UGC jobs? This is the biggest question that I get asked. And what I would like to bring up here is when you are connecting with brands, as as an influencer, not as a UGC creator, as an influencer, you guys have very likely heard me talk about the anti-pitch method. The anti-pitch method is where you're not sending cold pitches. You are more focused on creating genuine relationships with the brands that you would like to work with. Um, mostly doing that through LinkedIn, maybe through email, through video calls, through social platforms. Uh, however, when you are an influencer using the anti-pitch method and you're a UGC creator using the anti-pitch method, there is literally no difference. And I'll tell you why. When you are reaching out to a brand and you're connecting with them, maybe you're getting on an intro call with them. One of the most important questions that you're going to be asking is, what are you guys looking for right now? Like, what is your focus? What can I be helping you with? So this is the brand's opportunity to say, oh, we're going to be doing a lot of paid ads. So we're looking for a bunch of UGC or we're looking to uh, really you know, establish uh, an ambassador team of people who we work with long-term who share a post that can generate a lot of brand awareness. You'll hear whatever the goal is from the brand, but the point of that conversation is for you to then be able to recommend the correct type of content. So this is why I think cold pitching is problematic. If you are a UGC creator and you send a cold pitch to a brand and say, hey, I want to create all this content for you. You can use it in ads. It's going to be so great. What if the brand brand is not doing paid ads. And that's your pitch. You have now shot yourself in the foot because they don't need your services. So I personally think leaving the door open here, especially if you are a creator who has a following, you're an influencer, and you're also a content creator, you need to be able to ask the brand what they need and then tell them what you can do for them based off of that response there. Um, so technically getting UGC jobs, what you're telling a brand, what you're pitching to a brand, if you're using the anti-pitch method is literally no different as a UGC creator or as an influencer. It's all going to be the same. Dependent on what I hear back from that brand, I'm going to send over a proposal that says, hey, I know on our call, you said you were going to be busting out a ton of paid ads this year. Let's work on 10 UGC videos together. And then I'm an influencer. I make way more money on sponsored posts, but that brand just told me they need UGC. So that is my focus and what I'm pitching to them. So you need to come at this from a service provider perspective of goals that they just told you about. How are you supposed to pitch them something if you don't know what they need and you don't know what they need until you connect with them and have that conversation with them, which is why I love the anti-pitch method so far. If you're new here and you're just hearing about the anti-pitch method, down in the show notes, we have a free guide 
guide that will basically walk you through exactly what that method looks like and honestly why it's pretty awesome. The other place that you can get UGC gigs is of course from UGC platforms. I will give you a huge disclaimer with this. I think that most platforms that have UGC gigs and influencer gigs or just one or the other are very problematic because very often, if not almost every time, there is going to be some sort of terms and conditions that you are signing. You have to check that little box when you're making your account that says, I agree to the terms of service. In so many of those situations, you are going to be giving away ownership of your content and or usage rights to your content to the brand that's hiring you and to the company uh, that's the platform. And that's problematic because we want to keep the usage rights to our own content. We want to keep the ownership to our own content. Because if we're giving away ownership to a brand that's hiring us, until the end of time, they can literally use it however they would like. This is very problematic because what if it is a video of your face and they do something super horrible? They like, you know, say something that you really don't agree with or do something you don't agree with and then they use your face as a representation of that. You having given away perpetual usage rights to that brand or ownership of that content to that brand literally have no grounds to stand on to be able to say, I want you to take that down. That is not what I agree on. Like, I don't like what you're saying and using me as a representation. They don't care. You signed away the usage rights. You signed away the ownership. And most of these platforms will say that in the terms and conditions, knowing you aren't reading them. Okay. So my challenge to you is when you find a UGC platform or any influencer platform, please look through the terms and conditions, do your control F, control find, whatever it is, and type in ownership, type in usage rights, type in the word perpetual. That is going to hopefully bring you to a section where you can read, does this say that I'm giving away ownership to the brand or the influencer platform or usage rights to the brand or to the influencer platform? If it says that, I wouldn't sign up for it. And I know it sucks because like, hey, they're right there, the opportunities are your fingertips, this super easy platform. It's right there. However, you will be basically signing away your life. (laughs) And I don't think it's worth it for the ease of you finding a $150 gig through this platform. Okay. So I know it's a tough, it's a hard truth. It's a tough truth. Uh, However, I would rather have you spend that time actually connecting with brands organically instead of giving away basically the usage rights to your face forever. The other place that you can find UGC gigs that also I think comes with a disclaimer is Twitter. Twitter or X, I don't I'm going to call it Twitter until forever, okay? I'm sorry, Elon Musk. X just, it doesn't roll off the tongue the same. Twitter has a lot of really great opportunities, but I will say there are so many A, scams and B, kind of like clickbait or engagement bait type of posts on here where it could literally be me being like, oh man, like I don't feel like I've gotten a lot of interaction lately. I could straight up post, hey, I'm looking for a UGC creator. Respond to this tweet if you're interested. You know how many responses I'm going to get? It is a it's a literal perfect way to have some engagement bait on Twitter. And I see it happen all the time when there's literally no job to be had. Okay. You think, oh, I kind of like respond that I'm interested to this. And then someone else got the job that sucks, but there was no job to be had, sis. Okay. So Twitter, eh, proceed with caution, go on there, have a blast. But 
but also just know that there's a lot of fake stuff happening there. Uh, Fiverr and Upwork, that's another place, two other places that you could find UGC jobs. My disclaimer with this option is that you are also competing with many, many other creators, especially creators in other countries who charge a massively, massively, massively lower price than you, uh, especially if you're charging what you should be charging. Uh, So I, on Fiverr, will scroll through and see people doing videos for $25. How are you supposed to compete with someone who's creating actually good content for $25? Like it's very, very difficult, I think, to get worthwhile, high paying jobs on something like Fiverr or Upwork. Maybe if you're just getting started, okay, I can see it. But in general, I would not put all of my eggs in that basket. Okay. LinkedIn is a really great place to look for UGC jobs as well. Like things that are a little bit more long-term, a little bit more robust. If you go onto LinkedIn and type in UGC or type in content creator, there are so many like retainer based uh, types of partnerships on there where maybe it's a brand looking for like 20 UGC videos every single month. Amazing. Like that is the consistency we need in our lives. We love something where we don't have to go hustling every single month. So I think this is actually a really great place to look. However, the issue with LinkedIn is that there's typically also five gazillion other creators applying for these jobs. So you do need to kind of find some ways to make yourself really stand out. I will also give you the option of cold pitching. Uh, Obviously, you guys know I'm really not a huge fan of it. I, I just think it's a waste of time. However, if you cannot use the anti pitch method with a brand, and you have to fall back onto cold pitching, you need to come at it from a how can I help you approach. Remember, it's not about you. The brand doesn't care what you want. They don't care that you love this brand so much and you want to get some you know, free clothes that you can share, whatever. This is a, I'm a service provider. I have this service to provide and I want to help you reach your goals. How can I help you? What do you need? Like, where do I fall? How can I uh, assist with what you're trying to accomplish? That is the approach you need to have with your cold pitches. And actually my last option here for where you can get UGC gigs. Uh, this is something I very recently have discovered. It's called the UGC club. You can go right on the website and it has a section called the pitch list. And it essentially is just like a giant database of brands that are looking for UGC creators. A lot of them actually will have the contact information that you can just send your message to the brand, or it will have the budget where you can see how many videos that brand is looking for, uh, at what price, which is obviously really great information for you to have. So the UGC club, I just recently found out about it and I think it's a really great resource. So the big question with UGC, what the heck do I charge? Let me give you this. Uh, Brand Brand Meets Creators, it's a company that focuses on, on educating creators, helping them build their UGC business. They did a survey in 2022, not too long ago. And the median price for a video that is 15 to 60 seconds in length was $150, okay? Personally, I just think this is way too low, way too low. Imagine that $150 after you take out taxes, usually you're taking what 30% of what you make, putting it into your savings for taxes, take 30% off of that. On top of that, take off any money that you had to spend on all your editing software, all any props you needed in the video. Maybe you needed to, you know, paint your nails for the video or anything that you needed to do for that video that, t- that took money, take that off that $150. And then what are you left with? <laughs> almost nothing. It's just not worth it. When you're taking on a video for $150, that's the kind of video where you're doing it 
And the whole time you're doing it, because it's annoying to do, you're like, I'm so mad at myself for taking this job for $150. This is not worth it. And I don't want you to start resenting creating content. This has happened to me so many times when I've taken something on for way too low. I knew it was too low, but I was like, whatever, like it's money. It'll be great. You're going to hate yourself when you're in the process. Okay. So my suggestion, $150 is too low. Okay. If you are just beginning, like very, very much first couple videos, maybe, maybe I can see $150. However, let's, let me share my rates with you on what I typically charge for UGC. My base rate for a super simple, like talking head video is typically around $400. The more complicated that it gets, the more my rate is going up. That typically includes 30 days paid usage and 12 months organic usage. Okay. What, what happens though, is many brands end up wanting more usage. So that rate goes up. So typically, I would say for one video, my rate ends up being somewhere around $500 with the amount of usage that a brand might want. So $150 is very, very low. However, there are some additions to these rates where you can kind of start building the rate up, building up the amount of that invoice that you're going to be sending to the brand. You have your base rates. Then also a lot of the brands are going to be maybe asking for raw footage. So that's the footage straight out of the camera, straight out of your phone, no edits. And the reason for that is because then their editing team can go boop, 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 boop in the computer and make 15 different versions of your video with that content that you provided them. So they have so much more versatility in how they can use it. But with that, you're also allowing the brand to cut and clip and paste your video in whatever way that they want to. So that's something to consider as well. Typically with raw footage, Creators are charging 40 to 50% of what they charge for the base rate additionally. So I used the example in last week's episode, if it were $1,000 for the deliverables and the brand wanted the raw footage, you might in total be charging an extra $500, making it $1,500 for that content plus the raw footage. Uh, So it's a great way to up your ticket price, but you also have to keep in mind, is this a brand that you trust to cut those clips up and put them together in a way that's going to represent you well, right? And that's why you should be charging extra for is because you are allowing that for that risk, essentially. The other thing is usage rights. Obviously, we know about usage rights. Uh, One thing I will note with UGC, this is extremely, extremely, extremely popular. Very often, you're going to see a brand say, hey, we want to hire you for um, this content, but we want the ownership of the content. We want to be able to have perpetual usage rights, do whatever we want with it. The reason that's problematic, if you've heard me talk anywhere on the internet, you know, do not agree to perpetual usage rights. When you give ownership of your content to a brand, you're automatically giving them perpetual usage rights because it's their content. When you're signing over ownership, they now own it and can do whatever they want with it. Perpetual usage rights are extremely problematic because what if a brand down the road that's a competitor sees that ad that you maybe got paid $150 for and was going to hire you, but now isn't going to because your face is already out there representing this competitor. There are so many different ways that that can shoot you in the foot. The other issue is what if the brand does something that you don't agree with, you don't want to represent? doesn't matter if they have the perpetual usage rights. In 10 years, in 
20 years, forever, they can still be using your face, your content to represent whatever it is their business is talking about. Very often, you'll also see the word irrevocable included in that perpetual irrevocable usage rights. That means you cannot revoke access. You cannot take back access to your content or ownership to your content. So you've now let them have the rights and given yourself literally no option to take that back. That is, that's scary. You don't know these people. You don't know these brands. You don't know how they're going to use your face to represent something that maybe you are not comfortable representing. So please keep that in mind with perpetual usage rights. I know that there are brands who are like, nope, sorry, that's a mandatory thing. And it sucks. It really, really sucks for you to have to say, "Mm, no, sorry, I'm going to have to pass on this one. And so most people will just say, whatever, screw it. I'm going to just sign the contract. I know it sucks to say no, but please go into this knowing you're creating a business. You need to protect yourself. You have to have control over how your face is out there, right? One thing to know with what to charge is you also with UGC have really great options here to bundle work together. I feel like it's pretty rare that a brand is going to just like hire you for one video. Most of the time they're like maybe three videos or a few videos, maybe uh, photos and videos, like a combination of things. Um, You could also bundle together multiple concepts. So maybe with the same product, you're going to do an unboxing, you're going to do a tutorial, you're going to do a testimonial, you're going to do a green screen, and you can do all of this with the same product um, and kind of bundle together this work. Typically when I'm bundling together uh, content, it might be like three videos for $1,500 instead of um, $1,800. You know, you're taking off a little bit from the price. So that the brand is more inclined to book that higher ticket package, right? Typically for me, when I'm putting package options together, A, I always give options. If you give just one option and they don't like it, it's easy for them to just say no. If you give multiple options, it's they have more flexibility to say, ooh, this one actually sounds really good compared to this one. So personally, I would always give maybe three options package one, package two, package three. Um, That's going to be super helpful. Um, And typically the final package that has maybe the most stuff in it is going to have the best discount. It's going to be like the juiciest, the hardest for them to say no to. You also, this is where it gets a little complicated with followers and what to charge and doing UGC you can technically have a higher base rate for UGC if you have more followers. And let me tell you why. It's not just because your number is higher, right? It is because of your your recognizability, right? Like if somebody sees this UGC ad and goes, oh my God, I know that's Kristen. She talks about social media all the time. Like I see her stuff all the time. That gives a brand more rapport with their audience. It gives them more trust. It's like, wow, this brand got, got Kristen to talk about this, that's awesome. Like she's an expert in the industry or whatever it might be. So you having more clout in your industry, you having more rapport with your audience, more loyalty with your audience is going to likely convert more of those viewers into customers for the brand than if like someone who just started UGC yesterday is creating a video. So if you do have a really great rapport with your audience, your your rates should be higher. People are going to recognize 
recognize you and go, oh my gosh, I know this person. And that means more. That's more valuable. The other thing that might come up here is what if the brand wants you to post this on your page too? Like what if they're like, ooh, we want to hire you for this UGC, but we'd also love you to post it on your page. In that case, I typically take the rate for what I would charge for a sponsored post and I just add on the usage rights for them to use it in their ads. So this basically becomes like a sponsored post type of partnership versus UGC. Two other things that I think are really important for you to know about UGC. One is that brands very likely might want you to be creating multiple video hooks for one video. And this is something you can charge more for. So when it comes to upping that ticket price, that's definitely an option. Maybe you charge an extra 50 or $100 for you to, you have, you know, like that five second intro, the hook, just a couple different versions of that. So when they are cutting and pasting things, they have different starts, different hooks for the beginning of that video. And one other thing that I think is important to talk about with influencer contracts and UGC contracts, maybe even more so with UGC contracts, is this contract term that you're going to very likely see often called indemnification. If you don't know what this is, this is where you hold the brand harmless of anything that comes out of this partnership. For example, do you guys remember the Daily Harvest thing where like they sent out this product? It was a new product. They sent it to influencers. They had like an influencer event and it got all the influencers like super, super sick, like literally like in the hospital sick. This was like big on TikTok. Okay. If you were a creator who posted about this product, and signed a contract says, you know, uh, you are holding harmless the brand Daily Harvest at this point uh, for any like damages, lawsuits, da da da. da. Um, you'll see this in your contracts, the exact words. I obviously do not know them off the top of my head, but that's what, that's what you'll be looking for. Um, you're holding harmless. So you as a creator post this video and then daily harvest, everyone gets sick. The, the people that purchased it from you get sick. You just signed a contract that says daily harvest is not responsible for those lawsuits. You are because you just said, I'm going to hold daily, har- daily harvest harmless, uh, they are not going to be the ones uh, who are in trouble basically for this lawsuit or for these damages. And so you are literally putting your ass on the line, which is a really great reason for you to be separate from your personal assets, aka being an LLC, being an S corp. Because if someone came, got super sick and came to sue you and you're just a sole proprietor, they can sue you for your house, they can sue you for your car, whatever. And if you're signing a contract that has indemnification on it and you're holding the company harmless, sis, like the people can literally come for your house, come for your car. So if you see indemnification in a contract, you should try and get it out. First thing, many brands are not going to unfortunately uh, take it out because they want to protect themselves. I would try and get it out. A, if you cannot ask yourself, what is the risk that I'm taking with this brand? Is this a brand that like someone might easily get sick from, right? And especially if your face is in this UGC ad all over town, a lot of people are going to see it. And if, if indemnification is in your contract, you could get in trouble if anyone gets sick from it or whatever, any damages from it. So I would ask yourself, what is the risk? But I would also make sure you have business insurance because this can help you if you're signing a contract that says anything about indemnification. 
that possibly is a whole separate topic that we could talk about in a different episode. But I do think it's important for you to know about and know that it exists, especially considering UGC is literally putting your face in ads for everyone and anyone to see, right? So there may be more risk there than just an influencer sponsored post, depending on how many people that ad is going to be reaching. So, so much to talk about with user-generated content. This is your one on 101. I hope this was super helpful. If you have additional questions about UGC, anything that we talked about today that we didn't cover, please send me a DM. I'm happy to make a part two to this video and we can see where that goes. But in the meantime, happy UGCing, have fun and good luck with everything.